Lucy Harwood. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging around and I've discovered. Ricky Grove. Fog comes in on little cat feet. <laughs> Phil Rice. This is the best film that I've seen all year and maybe ever. Damien Valentine. Use the machinima, Luke. Hello, welcome to another installment of Enough of Something Completely Machinima. I'm Damien Valentine. Uh, happy holidays. And I'm joined by Tracy Harwood, Ricky Grove. Hello. And Phil Rice. Hey there. Um... So yeah, this week we're going to be talking about Tracy's film. Uh, but do you have any news for us as well? Well, actually, I've got a question, uh, more than more than news. And actually, the question is for Ricky. Because oh. I was really interested to see that um, SAG-AFTRA had kind of settled its dispute with studios. Um, and I guess the question I got for you, Ricky, is... Does that mean you'll now get paid for the use of your characters, including the ones that have been repurposed from previously? Yes, but the amount will be minimal for me. Right. Because, oh. except for maybe one film, Army of Darkness, uh, because I was a lead in that one. The, the, well now, let me think a second. They're not doing percentages like residuals, they're doing something they call bonuses. Yeah, I'll probably be getting some from it. I think they had to compromise in the final analysis. There was an interview with a guy who was on the the negotiating team, and he said they had got everything else taken care of except for the the um, uh, streaming issues, and they uh, they even got the AI squared away, but. The the studios absolutely refused to give a percentage of any streaming, very successful streaming service. They absolutely refused. So the negotiating committee had to go back and rethink what they were doing, and they come up came up with this idea of a bonus, which is a compromise. I think they should have stayed to their guns and got forced them to do a percentage but then again everybody's hurting when uh, you have a long time strike so i think they were thinking about that as well but it turned out that successful show everybody who's on any streaming platform once you hit a certain threshold of money um, is entitled to a certain level of bonus uh, the most successful programs are the ones that are going to get the reasonable bonuses that's unlike residuals in in which residuals are based on a percentage thing for example even today after what 20 some odd years of doing army of darkness i still get two to five hundred dollar checks based on that so that's a good deal for me versus residuals however it was a bonus situation i don't think that money's going to be as high the Screen Actors Guild claims it's going to result in a, over a billion dollars of extra income. I wonder about that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think maybe their calculations, based on their calculations, they believe that. But I, I'm not so sure that's going to be as... It's going to be high, but it's not going to 
be that high, I don't think. But anyway, they compromised in order to come up with something that's acceptable. They got something in return, which is the best way to, to do a negotiation like that. Um, they had leverage. The producers had leverage. They worked it out and got it taken care of and stopped the the strike. So I think it's okay. I think it's good. So the answer to your question is, yes, I'll be getting a minuscule amount of money for successful uh, streaming on Netflix. Mm, thank you. That's really interesting. Sure. I'm, 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 I wanted to find that out after I after I heard that, um, you know, your character was just taken and included in a game and then, then you got nothing for it. So it is really interesting to hear you say yeah. that you will get something from it. And they I did have... get strong. They did get strong safeguards against use of actors' images with AI. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal for them. So that was probably their biggest achievement in the, in the yes. negotiation. Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, I mean, guess I, I've got no more news. So I was going to sort of kind of segue from, from Army of Darkness into my picks, actually. Okay. Um, okay. If you if you're happy for me to do that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And I I this month have picked two films, um, and both of them are cinematic battle scenes. One is uh, filmed in Unreal Engine, and the other is in Warhammer. Um, and the first one I found um, was actually the Warhammer film. So let me start with that, and then I'll go into the other one, and then I I've, I've got a question for you all to to think about. Um, so bear with me where, where I go with this. So the first film is called Northern Wars. It's um, a Total War Warhammer 2 cinematic battle machinima by Game Thumb, um, released uh, uh, three or four years ago now. And it's actually a music video, um, which was the aspect of it that really caught my attention, um, first of all, because at first I thought it was um, that kind of guttural throat singing um, I don't know if you ever if you've ever heard of um, the heavy metal Tibetan band called Who, um, which yeah. they, they do this kind of really guttural tu kind of Tuvan. I think, I think I, it's called. I think I think they're Mongol. Mongol are they? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that style. But of that singing, region, that region of the world, yeah. Well, that just kind of fascinated me. I've sort of followed it a little bit for for um, the last sort of couple of years because I, I just never really heard anything quite like that. Um, and I thought this was was going to be in that kind of vein, and it it kind of is, but actually it, it's not uh, at all. It's set to um, a Berserker by uh, a, a project called Danheim, which is a Nordic folk and Viking inspired um, company project. What he calls a project, which is based in in Copenhagen. And it's worth saying that, that Danheim is inspired by ideas and stories from the, the darker side of the Viking period, consisting of kind of Nordic mythology, old Danish folklore, and what he describes as a vivid imagination. And it's been used in TV shows like the Vikings and uh, Vikings Valhalla. The subject, the berserker, were Norse warriors who apparently fought in a trance-like state, which is where we get the word berserk from. Um, and you often see these guys um, wearing things like bear skins and wolf skins and all that kind of thing. Um, but I'm guessing, Ricky, probably you can tell us a little bit more about this type of mythology, having played Duke Henry the Red. 
<laughs> in Army of Darkness. But before we get into that, um, let me tell about tell you about the machinima. It, it's 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 a really bloody battlefield cinematic with these kind of two opposing factions in full cry from Warhammer and and basically this guy sort of edits the footage to this music um I think he's done it pretty well actually it's been created using a bunch of mods um to capture the scene the, the, these kind of guttural sounds that you hear they are both from the music uh, and also from the ogres and the creatures like the the mammoths and the dragons uh, and the wolf and the and the bearskin warriors in the in the game um, there's some really good timing, I think, with the with the editing, um, the timing of the action and the slow motion shots, I think, are, are, are really quite a highlight here. Um, there's clearly a winning side at the end of it, although I don't think I really care what that is by the end of it. Um, it's it's what I would say is utterly um, gruesome. It's it's brutal, but it's also kind of mythical and I think captures pretty well what that music portrays. Um, I listen to the music also without the animation. I tended to feel overall that this film added a layer to it. Um, and I like the, the 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 detail in the characters on which um, the creator had kind of focused. Um, so for example, the kind of lumbering way the characters move and the and the facial expressions and such, which I think partly justified, or was his attempt to partly justify some of the guttural sounds in in Dan Heim's music. So I'll move straight on to the second one and then you'll see where, where I'm going with it. The second film is um, a similar-ish kind of proposition, which is described as a, as, a, as a medieval fantasy made in Unreal Engine 5. It's called um, Orictus. Orictus? Orictus. Orictus, yeah. Orictus, I think. Orictus, something like that. Um, by by um, Glow Production. It's a battle scene again, this time between just two characters, a dragon and a knight or a warrior. And once again, you kind of catch the scene midway through. It's kind of an epic battle. There's magic and myths involved and some kind of gory action. I think the dragon is, is actually named Orictus um, because of its rhinoceros-like fighting horn. Although when I looked that up, it's actually really quite disappointing to discover it's the name of a rhinoceros beetle uh, <laughs> rather than a mammoth-like creature. Oh, um, yeah, very different. It was a tiny little beetle that the it, guy was fighting. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe it was. I don't. You know, maybe there's a scaling thing. I don't know. Um, the soundscape, though, is lots of grunting and clashing of weaponry. There's really no music in this at all. Um, and there's not much story to it either, although there's a surprising kind of transformation oh, at the end. I've got to debate you on that. Yeah. When um, what I think what caught my attention with this one and what intrigued me about this one is is actually the the interesting camera work um, that followed the fight. And I, I kind of watched this a few times and it made me jump nearly every single time I watched it when that dragon came into shot in the beginning. And then, you know, then it, then you kind of followed that action with, with it skidding across the ground as the as the warrior kind of gets thrown about. Um, I thought that was the most fascinating bit of it. I guess you won't be surprised to know that, that the, the creators of this are actually professional um, uh, CG product. They're the professional CG production company. Um, 
They're also one of the very few that's based in Malaysia. Um, and I think that partially explains what I'd really call the mishmash of cultural references in this particular film, which is what troubled me about it. And whilst I loved the detail of the editing, just like I did when we talked about the alchemist's um, confession one, I really loved the detail in that. Um, you guys were absolutely bang on when you when you were critiquing it. Um, but in this one, I think the the assets to me just didn't gel um, with the the story arc somehow. Um, and that that goes from everything from the what's it called Oryctes <laughs> name for the dragon, a knight rather than a warrior, a werewolf, some ancient woodland, and right at the beginning, an Asian carving on the rock. Somehow they just clashed somehow. Um, and I guess at some level you might call these kind of anachronisms. Um, but then again, maybe that was the whole point of this. That's maybe perhaps why these guys uh, put these things together to kind of create the tension um, between these kind of things to create to create this. But what I wanted to do with you guys here and, and why I wanted to discuss these particular films was so that we could further explore some of the things that we talked about during the November's podcast episodes. You'll recall in several episodes, we talked about writing for the characters. But here, what I think we're focusing on is the issue of writing for the cinematics. And I thought these two um, films would probably be a good way to discuss it. You, you might well disagree, but I thought they were kind of a good way to sort of get into that because there are both similarities and differences between them. And obviously one is machinima. It's made in a game with mods. And the other is a, is more of what I'd call probably a virtual production using Unreal Engine, probably with assets from the marketplace and almost certainly made using mocap for character movement. But maybe we can ignore some of that side of it for now. I think for me, what this, this kind of comparison exposes is that there needs to be clarity in choices um, in, in the choices that are made which are consistent with whatever it is you are trying to portray and I think it's it's the mood sense let's say in both of these films in the first one I would say I got a clearer sense of the continuity between the choices the creators have made uh, I mean the scenes are, 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 are I suppose bloody as they are are kind of justified in the context of that music and the backstory to that music. Um, so it's not, um, I don't think it's just because, because it's a game and everything is probably already in the game, um, but, the, but the choices he made in putting that together, I think, are, um, are creating that mood scene. It's a kind of, um, what would you call it? A vignette, perhaps. In Oryktes, I kind of felt that it should have been as as compelling as the other one, and, and whilst technically it is it it is pretty well done, I think it just kind of lacks that clarity in the achievement of the mood state for me. Um, so I thought, here's my analysis of it. Here's two films that are broadly similar, but I'd really like to see what you guys make of these and whether or not you can add to that 
discussion or whether you disagree with me completely. Well, I think you've done a marvelous job of arranging several balls of reasoning onto a pyramid. And I'm really sorry to have to smash that pyramid down. <laughs> Great. Go on. I have the exact opposite reaction to you and Eurycles. I found the story to be compelling. It had a clear beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, the characters were empathetic. Whereas in Northern Wars, the Warhammer one, it's the kind of battle that is so unrealistic, you'd only find it inside of a game. You know, you've got groups of people grouped together so closely at times that there's no way they could actually fight. They would be encumbering each other. And although uh, it was bloody, it seemed to be more spectacle than actually real characters that you could empathize. I could immediately identify with the situation in Erectes. And although you're right to point out those details that were discontinuous, none of that mattered because I was focused on what was occurring, the action of it. Um, it was, and it was so well edited and the pace was just right. And then you had a little twist ending. I don't want to ruin it for people, but the twist ending was really nice. If you broke it down to, if each movie represented a game and they were advertising that game, I would play Erectes, but I wouldn't play Northern Wars. And that's it. Thank you. I liked them both, though. I have to say, I enjoyed watching them, and I thought they were fascinating picks. And I, and the discussion of the difference between the cutscene and a film, I think, is a really rewarding conversation. Hmm. Phil. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I'm trying to. I'm debating about which one to start with. Um. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um. I'll, I'll start with Northern Wars. Um, you know, since the since the dawn of the modern special effects era, when we've gotten to, and I think specifically of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movie, you know, these these are novels that I grew up with, and it was all down to my imagination of what does a troll look like? What does a cave troll look like? And it was just magical to see those these really otherworldly strange creatures, even orcs, but the big ones in particular. Just gives me goosebumps. The thing that was disappointing about our what was, I believe, our first major encounter with a troll using the modern technology in Peter Jackson's movie was it was in a cave, and like the color palette of that was gray to slightly darker gray like it was just <laughs> so bland and i realized huh. it's just, that's just that's just the nature of where they were this is like all the vivid color that i would have hoped for that i imagined what does a troll look like and and woolly mammoths i grew up learning about saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths they were particularly interesting because we were very confident that they roamed North America. Dinosaurs, you know, they're all over, but those seem like they're, you know, they, they were talked about like, yeah, this could have happened right here, you know, woolly mammoths in particular. I know I'm rambling here a bit, but the, the point is, is that for me, the very first thing that gripped me about this 
northern wars was seeing those big creatures in all this this vivid color um it's 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 a neat looking aesthetic um you're right there's not really a, they, they weren't really even endeavoring towards story here so i feel weird i don't feel right criticizing it for lack of story because that what that clearly wasn't the intent here mm. um there wasn't really a a narrative it, i think ricky you used the word spectacle and i think that's that's what this was and it's pretty neat looking it's very very clearly video gamey um you know some of the the way that the action plays out there's a there's a it's it's unrealistic it's stylized i guess uh and yeah there's parts of it that don't quite make cohesive sense it some of the behaviors of in in the battle and the these larger than life you know sweeps of you know huge and guys flying all over it reminds me a lot of the the tech that peter jackson used in those lord of the rings movies for the large scale battles a boulder goes crashing in and you just see all these you know it it's just little figures getting smashed i mean it's it's such large scale it's hard to to take in and this feels like it's 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 aiming more towards that than it is towards uh anything resembling a realistic battle but i enjoyed it and I, I i guess i found myself enchanted by it because of the way that those larger creatures were portrayed so it's a very personal reaction um you know and it's 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 not a game that i would go out of my way for but i'm very very picky um but it it is i mean it is neat looking i i've played some of the early warhammer games on a playstation one uh it's come along a little bit since then <laughs> uh this is uh yeah graphically a little bit superior yeah it is it is a tarantino level of bloodletting like it's just uh, it's just comical almost um yeah how many times did they show that goddamn troll chomping down on some person come on yeah yeah so and and frankly that that I think that that means that this game, you know, has that element to it. You know, uh, it's a little frightening that that you know, people like you know the game players like my kids' age are probably so desensitized to gore and violence that they won't they won't be put off by that. When I step back and think about that, that's a little frightening. Yeah. Um, that that's become, it's always been that way though. I mean, frankly, when I was their age, if I saw something like this, I would be I'd be running for a bucket, you know, uh, and and now it's just like, eh, that's more of that than I prefer. <laughs> what? So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty over the top in that regard. Uh, but I'm I'm glad I, mean, I would I don't know that this would have ever ended up in, in my feed from the algorithm. And I'm glad that I got to watch it. Um, there, there's there's stuff to be admired in it. Uh, and it's 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 relatively well edited, and I loved the music. Like take the, the yeah, take the that's film true. The music away. was excellent. The music was extraordinary. I love yeah. that kind of thing too. <clears throat> I followed that uh, the Who as well. Uh, was really neat to see that kind of when they had their moment and kind of came to the public eye. Uh, I I followed them after that point too. It was pretty neat, and yeah, that guttural uh, singing, which is. There's different parts of the world where that's worked its way into things, Vikings being one. 
Um, that's that's fascinating stuff. So, all right. So erectes or eructes or oryctes. I, I don't know. I don't know which way is the right way to pronounce it. But um, so I think that I suspect that some of Ricky's extra level of affinity for this is the Elden Ring effect. You know, the the. I mean, he's that game has really probably. Taken taken hold of him and so and and there's many games that preceded that in that line of kind of the swords and sorcery games um that i haven't really had much personal involvement with um so i can't say that the story immediately engaged me but it didn't take long and i th and i think i owe that i think that's completely owed to the craft of it um i do think this was very well crafted it was not at all like Ricky emphasized. It was not hard to understand to get my bearings. Like just seconds into the film. Okay. So I don't know who this is or how he stumbled upon this creature or why he's got a quest. I don't care either. Like it doesn't matter. I know what's going on here. You know, uh, it, it's the, the story is archetypal i think uh, is that the way you pronounce that word Ar archetypal it's an archetypal yeah yeah archetypal story of of you know king george and the saint george and the i don't know i'm i'm messing it up but it's this element of a uh who i think we can presume is a hero facing this larger than life um opponent and uh, you know trying to to prevail trying to survive but and, and also prevail in it and then yeah i wish we could talk about the twist i hate that we can't because it's very important it it's it actually it it determines which archetypal story we're looking at here indeed and it's, indeed. And it's not just slay the dragon it's not just that story that twist actually recontextualizes what we've just seen happen. And I love it. Uh, and it's not because I haven't seen it before. It's been done many times. That's, but, but well, I think that, that, I think that that's okay. I think that archetypal stories are told and retold for a reason. I think they stick with us over millennia for yeah. a reason. Because well, it's not just the archetypal, it's also the fa high fantasy tradition. It yes. ties itself into that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, and, it, you know, as far as the craft of this, I mean, come on. This is, this is one of the best crafted things that's ever been on our desk for this show. I mean, it's almost flawless in that regard. And, the, you know, they're professionals. So, okay, you know, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's exquisitely made. So now I'm just down to, what do I take away from it? Because, you know, seeing it extremely well made is neat in the moment. And that's great. And I, I want to learn something from it, perhaps, and rewatch. And, oh, wow, you know, the way that they handled this or the, the way they lit this particular scene or the shot selection. There's all kinds of stuff you could dissect and learn from this. But ultimately, what am I going to take away from it? It's what was underneath that, that story. And, yeah, it's there. It's there. Um, I think there's reasons why it will be more compelling to some than to others is like with the 
the thing I mentioned about the uh, the Elden Ring effect with with Ricky. I think my son would absolutely devour this because he he really loves uh, Elden Ring even more so than the game. He loves kind of the story, opening up the the unfolding what the world building was behind that game, like in the same way that I think somebody who read uh, who read a Game of Thrones or who read Tolkien's works, not saw the movies, actually read it because that's where the world building is, is in the actual novels. Uh, I, I feel like that that Elden Ring is a novel. I mean, it has the same effect. On, it's funny, George Martin, generation. George Martin was a he contributor was to the story. Yeah, yeah, and it shows, it shows. So, uh, you know, when you're entering into this film, remember we talked a few weeks back about uh, Ludwig uh, Wittgenstein, I brought him up about his his notion that you bring something to a text. You know, a text isn't a static thing necessarily. It's about interplay between the reader and the text. Yeah. And so you yeah, yeah, bring yeah. context to the text. And I think that this film is ripe for that, that if you if you're coming to it with a context of, world building then this just it nestles in place like a jigsaw piece i mean it's just this fits into that world instantly so that may be why it um didn't instantly resonate with you tracy because I, I get the impression you're not playing elden ring on a regular basis uh, <laughs> no i don't think she is right right so uh yeah she should. But it's 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 just an extraordinary pick um I feel like I need more watches of it to to yeah to see if there is any more detail of of that story to extract from it. Um, and it's it's challenging because to 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 address your point about writing, um, yeah, there's no dialogue, right? And there's I don't think there's a single single word of dialogue in either one of these, are there? That's correct. But, yeah. And and frankly, I don't I don't think. I don't think there's more than two sentences of writing behind Northern Wars. I don't mean as an insult. It's just, it's just a battle. This is this is one of those things that, like, on a screenplay, there would be like a couple sentences, right, right, and that would be. But it, then it ends up film. being a 15 yeah. minute scene, right? Yeah. So, well, with with Erectes, there's writing that happened here. Uh, it's just not dialogue. That's all. But it's 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 absolutely. You know, even if it was never committed to paper, it's written. It's that there is writing structure going on here, and uh, and it's very effectively done as a, you know, what is essentially a silent film. You know, a film that tells its story through nonverbal, through the action, through facial expression. Um, and those are those are tools, and to some degree it's advantageous to not have anything spoken because this film is 100% international. Yeah. It is universally understandable yeah. because of that. There's no, and okay, they messed up some of the symbology and did some anachronisms and stuff there or cultural anachronisms, which I honestly, I did not catch because I'm not nearly as educated on that um, as you are. I believe that they're there. But I it didn't it didn't strike me, um, and yeah, it is curious like how that how that would come to be. Is it carelessness? Is it deliberate? 
It's hard to know. Yeah. But even even if you stripped those things out of this film, those specifics, this has a universal, if not appeal, a universal understandability. Yeah. Um, and some of that is because it is an archetypal story of a of a kind, and some of it too is just they told the story using other terms. That it's it's writing that that isn't about the words so much, if that makes sense. Yep. So great picks. I'm really glad. Yep. I'm really glad you shared these with us. I really can I make a quick comment yeah. on story before we move on to Damien. One interesting thing is is that the Erectes had a title card with a description of what the world is. It says dragons That's have right. taken over, taken over the world. Humanity must fight to to. That's right. I forgot place. about that. So it immediately put it into context. In the in the uh, Peter Jackson films, all that spectacle, you immediately know who to root for and who is the bad guy. The problem with Northern Wars is they would have benefited from some sort of title card, putting it in context. Because it takes you several minutes to sort of sort out who's fighting whom and why they're fighting and who you should root for if anybody you know what i mean that is so true i and think that was that, one of my problems with that film yeah i think that they could have uh, they could have appended to the beginning of that film they could have prefixed a statement like that that you know the blade runner intro yeah. and not changed anything else and it would completely transform how you consume that film isn't that interesting? Just a yeah. couple lines of context, just make something up. But, and I think it would, it just something to contextualize what, what we're about to, to experience. Just a couple lines is all it would have taken. And it would change that. That's really interesting how that works. Hmm. I think it's right. I think you're totally right. Thank you both. Yeah. Yep. Damien, what was your thoughts? I have to say, I don't, I know even less about fantasy side of uh, Warhammer. Oh, the, the damn uh, Well, we, we talked about the, some of the sci-fi Warhammer films, the Warhammer 40k films before, and we don't know who the, the sides are. Star right. Wars of the Rings. Then uh, you'd pay attention. Yeah, that, that'd get my interest. <laughs> no, but I mean, as far as I know, it's just, I, I think I said before, there are no good guys in Warhammer 40k, and I think that applies to the fantasy. Yeah, somebody made that clear to us, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. That's all I know about the fantasy side of it. Um, so I, I don't know. But here we've got two films. They're both sort of fantasy set films, both fights of different descriptions. And we've got Erectus, which is a one-to-one, -one, very personal fight. We don't have any backstory to it, except for that little brief bit at the beginning of the, the text. Um, but it's a very personal one-to-one -one fight, and you can get in really close. It's extremely well-crafted using the uh, Unreal Engine. Um, they've obviously put a lot of work into uh, animating it and doing all the uh, you know the effects and the sound was so good uh, and you know all of that. And on the other side of it, you've got this huge sprawling battle made with the, this Warhammer game. And one of the things that struck me was you could not make each of those films in the other engine because they're not designed <laughs> for that. That's right. You couldn't yeah. have a one-to-one -one personal fight in the Warhammer game because it's designed for huge armies. And 
uh, you couldn't do a huge sprawling battle like that in Unreal because you need such an incredibly powerful machine to do it. And you, if you're going to animate each individual soldier or creature, that's a huge amount of work to do in a short video like this. Good point. Good point. Uh, and the other thing that struck me was that obviously the Warhammer game is a strategy game. We don't see much machinima made for strategy games. Not like this. I mean, obviously the Sims is a strategy game to an extent, but not a, a sort of war game strategy game. We don't see that very often. And I think that's actually a shame because games like this, they're designed for huge armies or you could the space games with huge fleets of ships or whatever. And if you want to tell a story that has a big conflict, well, these are the kind of games that you need. Maybe you can mix it up with footage from another game to have the, the personal scenes to explain what this conflict is in your story. But then when you want to show the actual the battle switch over to something that you know is designed for that and maybe you, you could do something along the lines of lord of the rings but uh, phil you were talking about that with these lord of, peter jackson lord of the rings films were sort of the first real instance of this being done um so it could be done with machinima um and i think this kind of shows that it's possible these two different films um and you just gotta figure out the how you could Put it, put it together but i think it's yeah. done yeah. um i enjoyed both films i i, I did, didn't really need the, the backstory for either the either of those fights i did find the um director's one a little bit more appealing because it you could just fill in the gaps yourself of why this fight was happening and um it was when it's just a, a generic spool of armies fighting each other um, you need a little bit more context, I think, which is what I think the rest of you said as well. So a little bit more would be there. Maybe people who are familiar with Warhammer, they already know exactly what's going on because it's part of the game lore that they, they know. But for the, those of us who don't know, just put a little bit in for us so yeah, we, can, yeah. we can grab it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how you can have a fancy, two different fancy fights in two different games on two different scales uh so I, yeah i enjoyed both of them but uh i don't really have anything else to say but good uh fix the scale things. the scale idea that you came up is just perfect yeah and it, it reminded me of back in the heyday of machinima you know how I, I would just go on these internet sprees to find interesting films and i found a film that was made in warhammer and it was an opera a Wagner opera, I think it was Gotterdammerung, mm -hmm. and they used an old public domain recording, and they used uh, Warhammer with this huge spectacle because that's exactly what Wagner operas are, and it was just mind blowing. It was full length; it was like an hour and a half. It was just mind blowing. Too long to sustain your interest with not high quality resolution and everything, but the idea was great. So. I watched it, I saved it, and then several years ago, I remembered it, and I went back to try to find it, and it's lost. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, that's hmm. a shame. And I was thinking, you know, the idea of spectacle, large spectacle uh, 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 groups of characters, it works perfectly with fighting, because that's the game side of it, but can also work well in large spectacle music. Uh, a symphony, an opera in particular would go because it's an elevated style, but we haven't really seen anything 
like that. You're right. They don't, people don't tend to do that anymore. They did it more in the early days of machinima, but not so much, at least to my knowledge, if any listener knows about movies that we're missing, please let us know. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. One other thing that I'll mention about Erectus is uh, if there's, if I have any criticism of it at all, it's I'm pretty sure I heard the same oof sound used at least twice and maybe even more than twice. So a little pro tip. Yep. You're, if you're going to hire uh, you know someone to do voice acting for a part and that character is going to fight or fall or strain to lift something or any of those types of things, have them record way more of that content than you think you'll need. Like multiple, multiple. One ugh is not enough because yep. one ugh done well and that's the only time you hear it is great. But if you hear that same, oh, yeah. you're making your own little Wilhelm scream moment for the audience where it becomes comical. Then it's like, dude, that's the same sound he made just a minute ago. And it's a different fall. So that's the only, I mean, I had to really dig down deep to even remember that. That is so petty, Phil. Such a great, <laughs> such a petty. great crafted film. But uh, oof, yeah, they didn't have a oof. different oof. Good lord! <laughs> well, oh my god, those are really great comments, and uh, and it's really interesting that you didn't see the same side of it of of it as I was kind of trying to extract from the the discussion. But really, really interesting comments. Yeah, yeah, about about both of them. So thanks for that. Really great. Sometimes like I think the films we pick even if we disagree with them they produce discussions that help us understand the film more after yeah. being together and discussing it as opposed to just Absolutely. writing down your own thoughts and that, that's part of the reason why i like the being on the show is to be able to share those thoughts with you guys yeah me too yeah there's definitely some two interesting films you've chosen uh tracy so uh as yeah, always both of, yeah and discussing it as well it's, like you said it's very interesting discussion of all different sides of these films and uh yeah i'm glad to again as i said last week i'm glad to be part of it so uh i think that wraps things up uh, for this episode um so if you've got any feedback uh if you want to talk about this film if you want to send us your oof sound effects if you want to tell us how we're spelling uh pronouncing erectis if it's if we didn't get it wrong, please tell us because we all had different ways of saying it. <laughs> <We don't>. um, <laughs> please contact us at talk at completelymachinima.com. Uh, check out our blog also at completelymachinima.com uh, where you find more than the news and the show notes. And that's it. So uh, thank you all for, for being here. Uh, thank Thanks. You for and uh, happy holidays. See you next Bye. Week. Bye-bye.